say in the immortal words of Judy Brown, happiness is a choice. We're happy you're spending some time with us, Chip and Zay, holding it down midday, one to three, right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Um, you know, we got you, uh, we got you covered. It is Super Bowl week. We will talk to our man John Brown, uh, father to three five-star wide receivers, including Amon Ross, St. Brown of the Lions. They just got back from the Pro Bowl, so John will have stories. From the Pro Bowl, where Amon Ra caught a game high 10 passes on the winning team, the NFC. Um, and we will also talk to Dan Neal. You don't want to miss this because Dan Neal, you can't talk about the Super Bowl, Super Bowl week, without talking to Dan Neal, who won two Super Bowls back to back with the Denver Broncos, 97, 98. And he, of course, Played for Mike Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan was a ball boy at that time. Running around, a uh, little ankle biter. Dan has stories he will get into in the 2 o'clock hour. Zay, we did have Steve Sarkeesian today on what is now just signing day two is what I call it. I mean, signing day one is is December, signing day two. Texas did not sign anyone today, but we know they've got a loaded class that is a top five class. The biggest news out of the Steve Sarkeesian press conference probably was more about, you know, Brandon Harris moving up in the to the GM position. Now that GM position has become sort of a, a staple in college football. It used to be player personnel director. Now it's GM because we got multiple player personnel directors. Uh, in fact, John Michael Jones has been promoted to director of player personnel at Texas um, under Brandon Harris. Taylor Taylor Searles, daughter of former Texas offensive lineman coach Stacy Searles, uh, moves up to director of recruiting. And you got to I mean, you got to give it to Sark. He's he's been recruiting well. He got screwed over a little bit by the timing of Bo Davis leaving for LSU and the the fallout of losing. Come on, come him. on, man! You, we got to take this narrative. Screwed over. Bo Davis screwed. wants to be a good father. Screwed Why don't over. we look at that? Why don't we look at Bo Davis with all the deadbeats out here in the world? Bo Davis is out here saying, you know what? Me and my son's relationship is so close. I want to coach him, and I'm willing to go to my alma mater to do so. You know what I'm saying? I as look at you, Mister Teddy Bear, today. You know what I'm saying? I just let's. Bo Davis is a good father. I mean, he only lost two stud recruits on the defensive line, which is the hardest position to recruit outside of, or the most important position to recruit outside of quarterback, but the hardest position to recruit in all of college football, finding those difference making defensive tackles. But listen, Texas has been good in the portal. They got Tia Savea. They'll wait and look around in May. So you're right, Zay, but he did kind of get screwed around by the timing. But anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah. Sark talked about his new his new coaches, Johnny Nansen and uh, Kenny Baker, the defensive line coach, who 
you know, Sark was dropping a couple names. You know what I'm saying? He said he talked to Mike McDaniel, the head coach of the Dolphins, to get a little something on Kenny Baker. And uh, and and so, look, it's a it's it's a good time to be a, a Longhorn football fan because Sark was talking about obsessed. Zay, you heard that word. Start itching, itching yeah. to get back to the college football playoff. I need that. I need that. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. I need obsess. I need looking at film at 2 a.m. on the March afternoon or March night. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I need that. L'Oreal walk in talking about, hey, what you, you watching film again? <laughs> what you looking at? What you doing? You on the phone with who? Like, what you, who you texting right now? You know what I'm saying? Better not be no woman. Nah, babe, just these recruits. Just these guys in the transfer talking to coaches, asking about guys. Yes, I need that obsession. I love that word from Steve Sarkeesian. I need that because you were right there, bruh. You were right there. You were in New Orleans. That game was 37-31. to 31. All that BS that you went through in that game. Your running backs fumbling. You not running the ball when you should have. Put it in Quinn Ewers' hands a little bit too much when Washington was playing into that. You know. I know it haunts him every night. It should. It should. Which means it creates that obsession when you know what could have been. When you go back and look at that Washington film and think, oh, damn, look what Michigan did. Maybe if I would have done what hardball would have done, I'd be playing for a national championship. So, yes. Things like that, that type of failure, as good as the season was, 12 wins, Big 12 championship, he said all that, you know, comes here to win championships. We get that, absolutely. But all that talent that you had this past year to get so close and not win it all, yes, that should develop an obsession now because you know how close you were and you know how difficult it is. And now you got to do whatever it takes to get back to that point. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked to our man, uh, Lance Taylor, uh, our SEC insider and prognosticator last week. And he said, Texas is going to be a top three team in the, in the SEC. Like the media, the pundits are going to pick Texas, maybe even top two because of the fact that Texas finished number three in the country was, as you said, that close to playing for a national championship. And everyone's going to pick Georgia probably ahead of Texas, but with Alabama going through its transition, LSU losing Jaden Daniels and Texas getting Quinn Ewers back, you could be talking about the media picking Georgia number one, Texas number two in year one of the SEC. And think about that for a second, Longhorn Nation, because in 2021, Sark's going five and seven, suffering a, a six-game losing streak, longest since 1956. That's the year before Daryl K. Royal took over Jeez. as head coach. And everyone's going, uh, but... You know, as I wrote in the Insider a few few weeks ago, um, Chris Del Conte 
Jay Hartzell, the school president, said that Sark laid out a plan for them. That's why they, as part of his hire, and they said in year one, everything was going according to plan. And then they got to year three and they were right on target. So Sarkeesian has been very impressive. He's been very surgical in his recruiting. He's hired good people to come on as coaches and analysts. He's got a running backs coach who's in on the top running back in the country every year coming out of high school and who recruited Jameer Gibbs to Georgia Tech and helped, you know, coach Bijan Robinson, obviously, but brought in uh, CJ Baxter and Jaden Blue, although Jaden Blue's recruitment started under Tom Herman. But still, I like the development and offensively, you're never going to have a question. I mean, he's going to attract the best offensive linemen, the best receivers, the best tight ends, because now he's putting them in the NFL. And that's something that Texas had not been doing. So this is this. I mean, my God, what David Thomas, Jermichael Finley, those were the last and Andrew Beck. I mean, I'm not going to discount Andrew Beck. He was an undrafted free agent who's made a nice career for himself. He's on his second contract with the Houston or his second NFL contract. He started off with the Patriots. I'm a little worried about Bill Belichick, though, not being in the coaching games, eh? Because he loved the Longhorns. He kept taking Longhorns. He had Brendan Schooler he took in as an undrafted free agent. He had little Jordan Humphrey for a minute. He drafted Malcolm Brown. You know, there are certain teams in the NFL who like the Seattle Seahawks, they've drafted a lot of Longhorns. The Tennessee Titans, especially um, in the mid-2000s, they were drafting one. It was the Tennessee Longhorns. They had Vince. They had Ahmad Hall. They had Bo oh. Scaife. They had Michael Griffin. It was ridiculous how many Longhorns the Tennessee Titans had. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Patriots were one of those teams that were high on the on the Longhorns. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate Bill for drafting all those former horns, but it's probably a reason why he got fired. <laughs> Keeping it real, all those guys. I mean, and he got fired because he he couldn't he, he couldn't find anyone to run his offense. Like yeah, that too. What kind of fool has Matt Patricia, the defensive coordinator, move over to offensive coordinator? He's loyal. He's loyal. Yeah, he knows the dirt. He knows the grime. He ain't gonna. There's no pushback. Anything Bill says goes. You know, he could talk to Patricia in certain ways that he might not be able to talk to other folks. That's a big reason why he ain't getting the job right now. Like all the stories that you're just hearing with these coaches, like the Mike Vrabel being too big physically, is a reason why he might not be getting these calls. Like that was a weird story that's been going around this past Pro Bowl weekend. And then Bill Belichick, like, I mean, yeah, Brady was a big Wait, part what was the story that. on Vrabel? Oh, my gosh. Have you heard? You haven't heard that? Wait, so, what? yes, there's a rumors going around that people have been talking, GMs, about Mike Vrabel, about he's intimidating looking because he's a bigger former linebacker type guy and people in the front office – 
don't like that for some reason. Like that's scary, I guess, which <laughs> I like I, I don't want that to be real because ain't no way we're gonna shame him, which guy could be, I think he is, but Duke could completely change your franchise around with his philosophy. And we're afraid that he might be get a little intense and we might piss ourselves because of it. Like, come on now. So, yeah, Belichick has a my way or the highway vibe about him, too. And it's just the new wave of the NFL players, like those Teddy Brewskis, Willis McGahees, Rodney Harrisons, them guys ain't around no more. <laughs> like, them guys ain't around. You can talk to those dudes a certain way, and you're going to get the best out of them. You talk to a dude that way now, they go into the front office snitching. You know what I'm saying? Like, Bill, I don't think he can handle those issues anymore. Like, he well, doesn't want luck. to handle them. He just wants to coach. The Titans were physical under Mike Vrabel and ran the football. Yeah. And I don't know what they're going to be now because if Will Levis is your quarterback. What do you mean? You don't like mayonnaise in the coffee, dude? He had some pretty little, good. He had I, some pretty good moments. I'm going to I'm going to hold off. I'm gonna give him some time. He's a little, he's a little, uh, bit of a look at me, look at me guy. But <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. How? So just because the dude's getting money off of some weird stuff, he's a look at me, look at me guy. It ain't his fault that he had a hot girlfriend that completely. Benedict Arnold his ass and just left once she started getting money and a little bit of paper, a little bit of endorsement bread. That was cold on her, man. She wrong for that. That's why I be giving Patrick Mahomes this love. Y'all been hating on me all week about Brittany Matthews, Brittany Mahomes. Yo, Will Levis, girl, you want that? You want that toxic energy in your life? She you all want, looking pretty at draft day and then she leaves your ass. You want right Russell when she Wilson's getting love? You want Russell Wilson's wife? You got to be careful, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad Will Levis figured it out. Hopefully before, uh, you know, it cost him too much money. Yeah. Russell, he came up. He said, okay, you cheating on me? I'm going to get with Sierra. Come on. That's – talk about rebound. <laughs> That's still the craziest story Golden Tate getting with Russell Wilson's wife and then Russell pushing for Golden Tate to get shipped out. And then Percy Harvin getting mad that Golden Tate got shipped out. So he got shipped out. And Russell still dragged the Seahawks to the playoffs. But yeah, it got messy. I mean, it's your quarterback, Golden Tate. Like you clearly have no respect for him. Like well, are you and there's another worried? coach who went for it on fourth down when he should have handed it to beast mode yeah at the goal line how many times does Pete Carroll wake up oh. in cold sweat Russell Wilson oh, oh. <laughs> coaching matters baby coaching matters even the greatest coaches you know that guy has a Super Bowl ring and a national championship on the college level he's one of the greatest of all time Hall of Famer still messed up like it happens it happens, man. Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady couldn't believe it. Remember his reaction on the bench? He was jumping up and down like a schoolgirl yeah. when 
when the Patriots intercepted Wilson at the goal line. And he he was like, we're losing this game. Yeah. Oh, no, we're winning. That's what I'm saying. Every time Steve Sarkeesian talks about Pete Carroll being this mentor and then Sark does dumb stuff, I'll be like, well, Pete's done some dumbass stuff too. So, like, that's your mentor. I, I, let's get more Saban than Pete. Love you, Pete. You know, you mean well. You're one of my favorites. One of my favorite videos out there is Pete Carroll being like the quarterback at practice and slinging it around and running around at his age. You know, that's just absolute comedy to me. But well, yeah, we talk about Steve Sarkeesian as mentors. I'd rather him be more Saban than Pete. Yeah, and Saban. I was at the national championship game that they ended up winning against Georgia. He had a crap kicker. In fact, Saban had a crap kicker for years until he finally got that uh, Rikert guy who was money the last four years. But he kept kicking field goals, even though he had a crap kicker who was missing the field goals. And then Tua saved his bacon that was crazy too man <laughs> was that a was pun? that game was that a pun because two us husky now saved his bacon <laughs> what do you what do you two mean the tight that? end two us, yo, that dude two a thick but body my point is Saban was still kicking the field goals all these analytics all this fourth down stuff I'm telling you it's gonna it already ended Brandon Staley's career I'm not saying Dan Campbell Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. In trouble, but everyone keeps saying he did that all year. I said, Yeah, and it sucked. He won, they're like, He won game, he lost games too because of his fourth down decisions during the season. So he's just gotta, gotta learn. Yeah, you gotta have a feel for the game in every sport. Yeah, you know, now you we're do. gonna watch you Texas, now we're gonna talk about Texas basketball in a little bit, but. Rodney Terry not having Kendall Weaver in the last three minutes is very odd for Tyrese Hunter, who didn't play well at all, you know. And then I, Tyrese Hunter had the big turnover with 206 left in the decisive, like Dylan DeZue, and we'll we'll talk to John Brown coming up here in a minute. We'll definitely talk some Texas basketball, but Dylan DeZue, what he did in the final 819, he hit eight shots. 17 points, a three-point play, back-to-back three-pointers in a stretch in which Texas hit 10 of 12 shots and cut an 18-point deficit to three with 259 left. Time enough to make one more surge. And then my man uh, Milan Milachovic. He's so nice. He up-faked. Dylan Mitchell leaned into him, got the foul, hit both free throws. No, he missed one. He missed one. No, he hit them both. You sure? On that one. On that one. Oh, yes. And then Tyrese Hunter, turnover, 
and Tam and Lipsy hits a three, and that's it. Mm. Just, just like that. The, yeah. the lead was three, then it was eight. Yeah, it's a bad turnover by Tyrese Hunter because you get a second chance opportunity. And oh, wait, you're right. He only hit one. Yeah, I, I wasn't gonna try to call you out, but it's all good. <laughs> yeah, you only hit one of those. He only hit I, one. I, you're cold, but if I was RT, I would have snapped on your ass so quick at the presser last night because you asked about that. You asked about what do you tell Dylan Mitchell in that situation to not bite for the pump fake. I I would have lost it on you, Chip. I would have been. He, he I, takes I, the uptake all the time. You're right. I would have been like, you don't be dumb. You don't. You don't. You, you don't be undisciplined. You you stay down. You use your length. You're six foot eight, six foot nine, with almost a seven foot wingspan. What are you jumping for, bro? What are you jumping for? I get it. Milchanovic is crafty. I love his game. He shot that one legger. Dirt style, like right inside the three-point line on the top of the key, like a little fake, little fake spin, and he shut off that one leg. That is vicious, man. That is for a freshman, that is vicious. But yeah, Dylan Mitchell, stay down, bruh. And look, Tyrese Hunter, you have 11 points in the last three games, zero last night. Yes, you have seven assists, but him not being able to score just makes Texas so easy to guard. And I told you yesterday, my big hat spirits player of the game was Dylan DeSue because his matchup was the best. Like, oh boy, can't guard him. Robert Jones, ain't no way he could guard Dylan DeSue for 40 minutes. He might be for a little bit, but once DeSue starts getting going like he did last night, Ronald Jones can't check him. And that's why Ossenberger took his ass out the game because he became a liability trying to guard uh, Double D. So, yeah, I, that was a tough one last night, man. That was a tough one. I don't know what you do with Tyrese Hunter. That's why IT Horton was supposed to be so important coming into this season because you end up shooting three for 14 from the three-point line, 21%. You ain't going to win games shooting that bad. you got to make threes. you got to right. make threes. Let's uh... – Let's talk to our Pro Bowl correspondent, our Pro Bowl <laughs> correspondent, the one and only. Pro Bowl <laughs> correspondent. <laughs> I mean, last yeah, time we talked. Hey, thanks for sending me down to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fortunately, we did not have to pay for your trip to the Pro Bowl, but I'm sure that was uh, not a problem for uh <laughs> For our man, John Brown, KingProtein.com is where you go to get all of the protein. John Brown, two-time Mr. Universe, father to three five-star wide receivers, sons, Equinemius St. Brown, Amon Ra St. Brown, Osiris St. Brown, of course, Amon Ra, uh, Pro Bowl leading 10 receptions in the game. Um, he he had was 10 also, Huh? He had 10 receptions? 10. Jesus, and he was he was money in that dodgeball contest. What I didn't see that yet. Okay, so yeah, tell us what. So you were in the car going to the airport at this time last week. So tell okay. us what happened. You go to Orlando. So yeah, oh man. So uh, I hate to say it, but I really didn't want to go to Orlando, but. You know, because you don't I like just, flying. 
No, and I was in Detroit for two weeks, went to San Francisco. It's, it becomes a lot. So we go cutting to the in airport, your golf get, game. Yeah, it's just just it's just horrible. So I get to the airport. We get to the everything fine. We fly there, no problem, bam. And once I arrived, I was glad I came because it's it's a beautiful event to see all the parents and uh, that you know, and also ones that you don't know. You get to kind of you know sometimes introduce yourself to them. You know, hey, how you doing? Boom, 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 boom. So it's kind of cool to see all the parents smiling, walking around, talking. All the celebrities, all the big time players. I mean, everybody's there, right? It's like Fort Knox. You can't move in and out without security. You know, they where's your badge? Show me your your papers. Are you sure you should be here? So, which I appreciate because it kind of gives you a sense of uh, security, right? It was a really, really beautiful uh, hotel, brand new hotel. We we're the first ones ever stayed in it. It was. They had a lake out there that was. It must have. I don't know how big it was. It was, a, it was massive, man-made, but it was like blue, beautiful water. It looked fake almost. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was really, really nice. And, uh, I mean, they spare no expenses. When the NFL does something, they go all out. It was really, really nice. Everybody would, everybody enjoyed it, I'm sure. And then you got the games. And also we get a chance to go to uh, Disney World or uh, Universal Studios. And uh, the cool thing is, if you're with your, let's say your family, and you want to go, they have a VIP pass. So, you know, of course, a car picks you up, takes you there. And it's not like fast track. You get in front of everybody. There's a back door. I said, I knew there's a back door. There's back doors to everything. So there's back doors. They take you in these back doors. Next you know, you're in front of the line. And, and if there's some people there, you know, say you're next. So you get right on the ride. Like, it's unbelievable. But I'm not into rides, you know. So I don't. I don't want to scare myself. I went to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like roller coasters. I mean, why would I want to scare myself? That's yeah. kind of weird. So we get to one ride, and I saw Legos. You know, little kids like, oh, this is like Legoland, right? So I could ride this ride. You know, that's cool. You know, so we go proceed to get on the ride. So, Do you want to get on? I said, yeah, I get on this. It was a wiener dog. You know, I saw the little car, the wiener dog for little kids, you know, get in. That thing scared the crap out of me. I'm like, what the hell? I was so pissed when I got, what kind of goddamn wiener dog ride is this? Here, scared the crap out of me. You told me this is for kids. This ain't for kids. What, it oh, go upside down? Was, what's that? Did it go upside down or something? Yes. It's going like super fast, super wild, things I don't like. And I'm thinking, so when I got off, right, I looked back at it. I said, okay, let me see. Maybe I made a mistake. This is not Kitty Land. Maybe it's next door. No, it was Legos there. And I looked and I saw the wiener dog. It was made out of wiener dog, little seats on it. I thought, okay, that, that was a wiener dog. So I asked the lady, I said, look, what kind of ride is this? Like, how old do you have to be to get on this ride? This ain't Kitty Land. <laughs> wow. I was scared the crap out of me. I was so mad. I go, oh, man, it got me. You know? And oh, I'm my like, God. Oh, I don't like screaming. Like, oh, that, that feeling you get in your stomach, oh, the deep force <laughs> pulling on you. Snapping your neck, going around. Oh man, I was so unhappy. I'm like, were you, oh no. Were you doing that with Amon? Yeah, with Amon and, and Equinemius and Osiris. They love that stuff. You know, oh, they dragged like, dad right into it. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I mean, wiener dog, you right? <laughs> it was an actual dog. It was, it was a head of a dog, you know, and there's a wiener and they cut out the seats inside the hot dog. And you're sitting there, I figured I could do the hot dog ride, right? <laughs> oh man. I was saying, what kind of ride is this? 
Oh man, they must, that must be new. I haven't been to Disney World. I took my kids there. That was a no, because you didn't go to Kitty Land. <laughs> oh, okay. That's that's <laughs> like the, okay. I, no, I, that, go. oh, I like this one because I can do these right little teacups or something, you know. But oh man, the next thing you know, we're walking around and there's some giant rides. So Equinemius, he loves that. He goes, Come on, Papa. I go, dude, I'm not getting I'll give you five hundred dollars to get on this ride. There's no way. How do you keep the money? I'm not getting on that ride. It what the so Aerosmith high. roller coaster? Oh, did you go to Universal Studios? Both. Okay. Yeah, the the Hulk. The Hulk, the Jurassic Park, whatever it is. I go, no, nah, nope. oh, man, I ain't right. So he echo name is maybe right the Hulk. So I got on the Hulk with him. <laughs> like, that's oh, man. that's a legit roller coaster right there. And my wife goes, What are you doing? I go, he's making me, I have to go. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't like those. I don't like those. Type, I don't like that kind of stuff. You know, well, I, I don't do it either, John. Roller coaster. I mean, yeah, I mean, why? Oh. And so there was a ride. I don't. I don't recall what the name of it was. We're sitting down there. I didn't go on the one he was gonna give me five hundred dollars. And as soon as I turned to my left, I saw Gurney bringing a girl out. <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened to her, but I go see. That's why I'm not getting on that ride. <laughs> oh man, she's bringing her out on a gurney. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm like, oh, man. So anyway, so we did that. So that it was nice to hang out with the family, you know what I mean? Hang out with everybody and laugh and joke around. I was surprised how many people in Disney World and Universal Studios recognize Amon, you know, wanted to take pictures with him. Well, did he still have his blue hair? But he had it covered up. Oh, he did? He had a beanie on. He wanted to show his hair, you know? And they still picked him out. Are you saying, Brown, can I have your picture? So I'm like, oh, he's, he's growing to a star now because there was a lot of people getting his, taking his picture and stuff, you know? Yeah. And then we went back to the uh, hotel, hang out, eat, and then the next day was the Pro Bowl. But, you know, they had a nice bus. They took all the families there. We got there a little late, which is kind of disappointing because when we, by the time we got in, the first quarter was already over with. Cause they, I guess there was too much traffic or whatever, but. I thought it was going to rain, but it was actually nice weather. It rained in the morning. And then the so, weather became really nice. So y'all had fun. Did you yeah. go to any of the Pro Bowl games? No, it's kind of weird. because So we got there on Thursday, and for whatever reason, no one ever told me when the games were. So I never, I never knew. You know, we could have went to dodgeball or something, but they never told us. Then apparently you had to get it like super early in the morning, and I probably wouldn't want to do that. So, but yeah, plenty like, golf. No, no, right outside my window was a golf course, beautiful, a links course. I'm thinking, oh man, so I asked the guy how much. Two a discount, two hundred seventy-five dollars to play, plus I didn't have my clubs, so another seventy-five dollars to rent the clubs. I go, no, I'm not. Mm -mm. <laughs> I, I'm not golfing there. Yeah. You could have taken that money from Equinemius to ride that ride and paid for some golf. I know, huh? Right? Yeah, yeah. But I probably put it in my pocket. <laughs> hey, so John. I'm thinking, oh, man, really? That was so expensive. But it was cool walking around. And, you know, they had a nice pool, nice little gym, get to work out a little bit. And uh, it, it, was, it was really nice, actually. Really nice. But on the way home, that was a nightmare. I knew it. So we get on the plane, we drive, we fly from Orlando directly to San Francisco because, you know, we didn't have a connecting flight to get to Orange County. 
we get to San Francisco, our flight was delayed like three hours. It only takes me from San Francisco to to San to Orange County is only like a forty-five minute flight. So we get on the plane. I waited three hours. We're getting ready to land. All of a sudden, he takes back up in the air and he doesn't land. He goes, "Well, because it's, it's raining really hard, it's, it's too wet, and Orange County has a short run runway." Oh wow! So he flies us to LAX. So I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" So I'm in LAX now, which is like hour and something from my house. So I had to get Uber and I had to get Uber black because they don't want only cars in LAX that can pull up to the curb. If you take regular Uber, you got to walk like I'm two miles away to get to your, to the Uber uh, section. So I had to take Uber black all the way from LAX to Orange County to pick up my car. It was crazy. Wow. Crazy. It was terrible. It took me like 14 hours to get home. Oh, that's awful. No, it was terrible. That's awful. I knew something was going on. I just had a feeling. Well, have you gotten out to play some golf yet? Or what? Uh, Friday. Friday. Eagle flies on Friday. Okay. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, man, the Pro Bowl was a really, really, really nice event. You get to sit there, nice weather, you know, people laughing, having fun. It was a pretty cool event, though, actually. They do, they do a really good job. John, do you get starstruck or anything? I know there's some legend you know, the ball, like Ray Lewis or the Manning brothers. No, 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 not really. Uh, it's uh, maybe if I saw Michael Jordan, you know, or something like that. Uh, I, I saw a guy and everyone was asking for his autograph. He was standing right next to me, smaller guy. And I thought he must have played football or something. But it looks real, looks fit, but small. And it was Wes Welker. Ah. I didn't. I didn't recognize him, cause you know, just didn't. I mean, cause and then it made me realize, man, social media really changed the game, because back in the day they wore those helmets and you didn't know who was who, you know. But now because of social media, everybody knows them because see, Nike and Adidas used to use that excuse: we're not going to pay you a lot of money because you wear a helmet and no one recognizes you. Right. Can't say that no more. Right. That's why basketball players get shoe deals and football yeah. players don't get as much. Yeah, but that's going to change because I'm telling you, man, I saw, I, I go, why, why, why didn't I recognize that? And there's another gentleman, got his name, don't know his name, but I know his face. And he was looking at me, he said hi to me. And I knew who he was. He plays on the Jets as a defensive lineman. Young kid, big kid, big guy. And Quentin I go, Williams. Williams. Like a baby face kind of looking dude. Yeah, Quinn Williams. Yeah, yeah, I think it was the start with the Q. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I go, hey, how you doing? He goes, I'm Mr. Brown. I saw you on a Hard Knocks. And I go, I recognize you too from Hard Knocks. So makes me know I'm looking at all these guys. I know a lot of faces, but his face I knew for sure because of Hard Knocks. I didn't know his name, but I knew who he was. And then I, I met uh, DeMarcus Ware. Oh, yeah. And it looked like he still can play right now. <laughs> I mean, Bro, but I did, I, I, did, I didn't recognize his face because he's, he's old school and there's no social media. So all these social media and all these different platforms is making it make the guys more recognizable for me. And I would think for everyone else, you know, that, was, that yeah. was, I found that interesting. Speaking of reality shows, do we know when the Netflix show is going to start? Man, I don't know. I ain't supposed to talk about that. 
Chip trying to get you in trouble, John. Be careful. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, now everyone knows now, but my, my son told Pop, don't, don't talk about that stuff. Okay. We'll talk about that. Sorry. All right. All right. Well, when you can tell us, tell us when it's going to start so that we can make sure we're all yeah, dialed like in. Yeah, that Netflix thing. That's going to help his celebrity really, really push him up because, like, Kirk Cousins, you know, I heard of his name, but now I recognize his face and I like his story. Yeah. I like that yeah. guy, you know? I don't Zay know. Zay and I, I like both. Story. We weren't like Cousins guys before that, but now we are. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it's it's a good thing. A lot of players don't understand because they turn those, those 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 opportunities down. You know, a lot of players. Turn, I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm, mm, that's a mistake. That's a mistake. When it, you got to change with the time. If they're changing, you got to change. You can't stick. Um, I'm I'm doing this. That's all I'm doing. No, 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 no. So I told yeah. my son, do do that. That's a good thing for you. Yeah, yeah Nick Saban really says good. you have to adapt. The dinosaurs didn't adapt, and now they're gone. Who said that? Nick Saban. Oh, he did? <laughs> I always crack up because now Sarkeesian says it all the time. No. Oh, yeah. All the time. He's like, you got to adapt. Transfer portal, NIL, you got to adapt. The dinosaurs didn't adapt, and they're gone. <laughs> I'm so like, didn't the dinosaurs now? get hit by a meteor? Yeah, like, yeah. No yeah that's, that's a little different situation. That really doesn't apply, you know. Yeah. Uh, to the dinosaurs, did they adapt? And I mean, were they? They're not. They weren't that intelligent anyway. It's not like they could uh, reason or, or or something like that. Or so. Okay, yeah. we got a we got a question here from Steve. Stevie. Steve. Steve said, "What in in raising your boys did you do to help them handle themselves once they got money?" Well. It started when they were young, right? Uh, no, no silliness. Like I didn't give them really allowance or let them go buck wild. I had the money to give them, you know, good pocket change if I wanted to. I never did, you know. Always kept them broke, you know. So if you give you, you give them too much pocket change, they may they. Oh. Oh. Okay, we lost you for a second, but you're back. You gave them. You kept them broke. Uh-oh. We can't. Are you on mute? No, this happens. <laughs> I swear this always happens. Can okay. No, we 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 can't hear you. We can't hear you. Huh? What? We can't. All right. Yeah, we'll have to get them back. All right, maybe reconnect. Reconnect. Let's see if we can uh, see if we can get John to reconnect. Okay, yeah, he's gonna. Let's see here. All right, we'll get John back because that's interesting. Oh, someone's calling John. Okay, so I guess that's that's what's happening. Yeah. When did, did uh, you get an allowance, or did you give your kids an allowance? I I only gave them allowance if they I made it optional. I was like, here's what you need to do for your allowance. Um, and if you do these things, you'll get an allowance. And if you don't, you won't. My daughter always did the things to get the allowance. My son was like, nah. 
So, and she's the one who's got money for a car. She just turned 16. We're trying to get her a car and she's got all this money saved up. So I'm like, okay, here we go. Yeah. She, uh, smart man that's hard to do for a 16 year old save i know she mucked she mucked stalls at this at this horse barn um for the last five years since since she was 11 all right here we go sorry there he is all right Uh, so you said you kept him broke so i kept him broke didn't give him a lot of stuff never 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 bought them a lot of fancy things you know they had just you know what they needed and that was it uh, and I, I, I would think that that, you know, kept them grounded to some degree. Uh, and when Equinemius was this junior, I was going to buy him a, a, a Jeep, right? With big wheels, black Jeep. It was nice. I took him and his friends to the Jeep dealership and they kept, that's when Game Boys are real big. And all he was doing was playing his Game Boy. I go, dude, can you sit in the car and tell me you like it? And he wouldn't answer all of a sudden, he goes, yeah, okay, I like it. So so then my wife goes, you better not buy him that Jeep. Ah. So I never bought the Jeep for him, you know? And so they would just drive my car if they needed a car or something like that. Basically, I think uh, if you spoil them, you you, could, you can mess them up. And I was, all, I was always talking to them as kids in reference to all things in life. May it be related to money, buying this, buying a big house, buying big cars. Like, why would you buy that car? And you, you don't need three cars. You only can drive one car at one time. That's a waste of money. So I always share information like that with them. I think uh, by sharing that information helps them a lot, you know. And then as they get older, like right, like now, Amarab bought his, a house before he bought his first car. He was he took one of my cars to Detroit for a year or more and was driving it, and he didn't care. He's you know I said trust me, the best thing is to buy a house. So they take my word and they, and they kind of, you know, they're smart enough to listen to my word and the sense that I'm making. And if it makes sense, they go, yeah, it seems like a good idea to in California to invest in real estate. So I'll buy the house before the car. So I, I think it's had something to do with that. I wonder how old this guy's Steve's child is. Um, I'm not sure. Let's see if I'll see if we can, uh, if we can find that out. Um, this question comes in from Jeff saying, did, and I think you kind of answered this in the past, but were there times where the boys stood up to you and said, not today? Never with workouts, but I can tell you what a friend of mine told me. He goes, one day you're going to have a big argument with your sons, like y'all going to get ready to go to blows. I go, no, nah, I never. He goes, trust me, it happens to every father. It's going to happen. I go, really? He goes, yeah. And when that happens, that's the day you take him for a walk and say, okay, you're turning into a man now. So every father, and it happened with Equinemius, we almost went to blows, right? I said, oh, my friend told me about this day. I was waiting on it. Let's go. It's time to go take a walk. So we went for a walk, like he told me, and I talked to him about manhood, and it was that was it. And then Osiris did it. He, 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 he walked up to me one day, same thing. But Amma never did it. Really? But when that happens, you it's time to take a walk with your son and tell him about the birds and the bees and life and, and, and it's okay, you turn you, you turn into a man. That's a good thing. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a good opportunity if you understand how to deal with it. 
Would you play like pickup basketball with them and stuff where it would get oh, physical? All the time, all the time. Yeah. But I could have made a mistake there because, you know, we're in the, like LA Fitness, which is a gym here, and they have a basketball little court. And we're playing with strangers that we don't know. And my goodness, mistake I made was my sons look at me like I'm their friend sometimes. So they talk to me like that. So they'll, they'll say bad things that most parents wouldn't say to their, to their kids, wouldn't say to their parents, like, shut up, fool. <laughs> but we're joking around, and I understand that, but they look at me and go, isn't that your son? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry, we, we talk like that. Because when we, we're playing basketball, we're just talking like friends, you know? Yeah. They, 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 they use bad lady, they call me the, the, the F word, and they say all kind of stuff. But that's what we did, you know? And so sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. I was in a barbershop when they were all three in there getting their hair cut. Oh, he said something very, very hard and very mean and with some bad language. But he was, he was joking around like he would say to his friends. And everybody looked at me. I'm like, dude, it's how we talk sometimes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, I know this. You you took all three of your boys to Disney World and Universal Studios, and you didn't have to to pay for it. That is the best move I've ever heard. Oh, I forgot to tell you about that. So we're in the line, right? We're going through. I think, man, this is really nice. Then I heard my wife goes, I'm going to say this costs $20,000. <laughs> I go, what? To go to Disney World for that type of in, uh, a VIP treatment, 20 grand. And I go, did he pay 20 grand? She goes, no, NFL paid. In wow. Universal Studio was another 10 grand to do it. It's amazing, man. It's amazing. But the NFL paid that for all the families. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. You pulled it off because it is a it's like buying a used car to go to take to take the whole family to Disney World for a week. But think about it. Twenty thousand just to walk around that park for like four hours. Or they did it for all families. So NFL really take care of these guys. Wow. Man, whatever you want, VIP treatment. I could pay someone two hundred dollars to dress up as Mickey Mouse and go dance around somebody's backyard and get the same. <laughs> man. Man, come on now, that well, Disney World is that expensive? It's it, it. Oh yeah, and I think it's. I mean, it's more expensive. I took my kids in twenty fifteen, and I mean, we did both parks, and I was like, we will. You need to appreciate this. I waited till <laughs> I waited till both of you would never forget it. Because this is the next time you're taking me to Disney World. Oh, oh man, I didn't know that, but I know it was. So we did, like I said, Disney World and we did Universal. So all together, that was thirty grand for those two gay two days. Yeah, that's the deluxe VIP. Yeah, deluxe VIP. I'm telling when I tell you. VIP, VIP, P. It was crazy. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Uh, they treat that's they treat awesome. NFL take care of these guys and their families. I have to say, they do a great job with that. That's well, a lot of you, money. Yeah, but they yeah. got a lot of money. Even if we stayed for ten minutes, it's still twenty grand. Yeah. Wow. Hey, John. Well, let me ask you this: With y'all seeing the Pro Bowl and those guys playing flag football and stuff, you know the flag football is coming to the Olympics soon. If they were to ask Amin Ra to play, would you want that for him to maybe get a yeah. gold medal? Oh yeah. Can you imagine what that do to 
his global brand. Yeah. That would be huge for him. No question I would say play that. As long as he's insured by the NFL. <laughs> yeah, that's it right there. That's but, you know, it. I appreciate the parents asking questions. They should even jump in and ask more pertinent questions because there's so much they don't know. And they think they know, but you don't know what you don't know. You know, how do you pick your high school? Would a high school coach get my son a, a scholarship? No, he won't. But you don't know that if you're, you're a parent. Uh, you're not going to know uh, things like. Well, it's signing day today, oh, John. Yeah. And, uh, and, and your kids, your kids, this is probably when they signed, the first Wednesday in February. But what was that like? I mean, your kids were at a high profile school. They got. They had recruiting profiles probably as soon as they hit yes. modern day high school. As soon as they were ninth, ninth, ninth grade, they started getting offers, all three of them, because I, I made that happen. They, they were good, don't get me wrong, but think about it. How you going to get a – think about that. You get an offer, ninth grade, just what I want parents to understand, with no film, no film, no varsity film. How do you do that? How is that even possible? Then you got all these agencies who wants to charge you four grand to get your son or daughter scholarship. I got my son scholarships, all of them, ninth grade, Division One scholarships. No, no, no varsity film. They say, oh, you need you need film. No, don't listen to all that. It's not true. And I'm going to start a platform here soon. I've been saying it for a while, but it seems like it's getting ready to actually happen. Where you can go online. Uh, I'll let you know when it's done. Go online. Hit me up. Say, I want to come on your show. It's like a kind of like a podcast. No. Uh-oh. Someone calling you? Yeah, now we ain't going to be able to hear him. So someone's, okay. Yeah. He's popular. He is. Busy guy. I get it. He's popular. Busy guy. Ain't protein popping, you know. A lot going on. Cane protein. Yeah, follow John on Cane Protein. Uh, Cane Protein on social media. There he is. So I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a like a little podcast where you can come on and ask questions because, man, I don't care if you're if you have a child, if you don't have a child. This stuff you need to know now. You need to know now. If you don't know that, how much work should I put in with my child? Is this enough work? You know, my kid is, uh, you know, has great height, big, strong. But, you know, what do I have to do to ensure that he makes it? These things you guys don't know. You don't know. And and those are questions you got to ask. So it's, it's, it's not – see, most parents feed their kids, take them to school, and they figure that's all they got to do and they'll make it. The coach will help them. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. 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 The The – High school coach is very hit or miss, and you you Good. wanted you wanted all the recruiting stuff to come through you. Oh yeah, because a high school coach, his job is to teach you his his system, and, and, and his his uh his his system with his team, offense, defense, special teams, not to get your scholarship. It's not his job, but he'll tell you he can do that because they all want they want the feather in the hat, but they can't do it. He's doing not that he's doing a bad job. It's not why he's hired. Your mom and dad got to get those scholarships. So the question is, how do I do it? Which school do I go to? When should I start looking, evaluating high schools? 
for my son or my daughter. You know, should my daughter play volleyball? Should she play, should she swim? She, what she should do? You know, there's, there's so much. What kind of workout should my son do? Is this enough workout? Here's what we're doing. Here's how much we're training every day. We're training Monday, Wednesday. This is what we do. Mr. Brown, is that enough? I can tell you if it's enough or not. Yeah, you need to write a book. <laughs> well, well, put it like this. Now that I'm on this your your show here, they should take advantage of uh, you know those questions that they may have. Yeah, no, that's no doubt about it. And hold, hold um, on one second. Follow John on Kane. Give me a call. It's in my magic. Thank you. Okay, so uh, yeah, it's, I don't know, man. I, I can't. I can't. I can't. If I had questions, it's, it's easier to you know to answer them because. They're, they're, but trust me, there's a there's so much stuff I even forget unless someone asks a question. I go, oh, oh yeah, this is what you should do. Be careful with that. Well, and well, there's a, there's a, one more question here from Steve about diet. Like, at what age do you introduce? You eat everything. You eat. Look, don't eat clean. What does that mean? So your mom and dad, if they're 50 years old or 40 years old, they should eat clean because they're, they're older. But a young kid shouldn't eat clean. A young kid should eat what I call dirty, you know? And and you got to ask them, what's dirty? Dirty to me is, let them eat French fry, let them eat this. But the main source of food is, is protein, protein red meat. Protein from the red meat is the most important, I think. Yeah. Uh, John, that's, I, that's why I made the protein that I have. Because some kids... You can't eat enough protein that your body needs as you're growing. See, a growing, say a 12-year-old boy needs more protein than I need per day because he's growing. And sometimes they're not getting enough protein. That's why I developed my own protein powder. You have to give the kids protein. You have to. You want your kid to be strong. Yeah. All right, John, let me throw this at you real quick. Texas has a player that's entering the draft. His name's Trevondre Sweat. He's one of the best defensive tackles in the nation. But his problem is his weight. He's around 362 right now. That's that's about right, Chip. And they that's, say he, he was to, listed at 362. I think he's heavier than that right now. How tall? 6'4. 6'4. Oh, and they say he needs to lose 20, maybe more. So what if that was my son? If that was my son. Here's what I would do. I was no, no, no. Listen carefully. This is going to sound weird. It, it, it could sound like the antithesis of what I just said, but it's not. I would have that guy going chicken and fish in terms of uh, food, and that's eating clean because he's trying to lose weight. But I don't want him to lose weight and lose all his power and all his strength. So he would do chicken and fish, you know, uh, brown rice. You know, some carbs, you know, baked potato or, or yams or something like that. Have him eat that all the time, as much as he wants. That's what I would do with him. And and it's, and, and it's not really – he still gets to eat a lot because he's, he's a big boy. Give him a lot of fish and chicken. Not oh. big chicken. Yeah. Now that yeah. would help this kid, you know? Yeah. Okay. All right, before we let you fast. go – before we let you go, who do you think wins the Super Bowl? Man, I don't even care. I don't care. They, they, beat, <laughs> us. they beat us. I can tell you right now, San Francisco better be happy and, and, and count their blessing because we rolled them, and they know it. It was some elementary mistakes we made because, our, our, you know, it was the first time we've been there. It's a learning process, but 
I don't care. Who, I think I think Kansas City's gonna win, because we beat Kansas City. I know when we beat them, it was in the beginning of the season. Uh, Kelsey wasn't playing and Jones wasn't playing. I understand that makes a difference. Don't get me wrong, but hey, you got to play who you, who's on your schedule. So I think Kansas City's gonna gonna beat them. I do too. That's what I think. I do because too. Because we we rolled them. We was man, we rolled those guys. I don't rolled. Care all right, John. Let's do. They were. They, they're still shocked. All they right. don't want to see. They don't want to see us no more. No. We'll see no. them again. We'll Let's do it. Again. Let's do it again next week. All right. All right, John. All right. Brown. John. Breaking it down. Uh, cane protein. Caneprotein.com. Um, Zay, we're gonna talk to Dan Neal, All-American offensive lineman at the University of Texas. Two-time Super Bowl winner with the Denver Broncos. Get some of his Super Bowl stories. Um, but real quick, got to tell you about uh, Apple Leasing. I love it. Yeah, Colin, trust me. I'm talking to my man Scott Crossett over at Apple Leasing right now um, about getting my daughter a car. And here's the great thing. And she's the one paying for it. So I'm not, because I'm not spoiling her, trust me. Um, but. The thing about Apple leasing is they lease every make and model of car. So they don't care what car you pick. It's it's a new car experience like you've never had it before. And you go to a dealership, of course, they're going to want you to buy one of their cars. Apple leasing, they just want you to get into the car that's right for you. And then if you get into that car and say two, three years into the lease, you want to try a different make and model of car, no problem. Uh, the easy lease. You just move from one make and model of car to another. And if you had a bad leasing experience in the past, it's probably because you leased from a dealership. And that dealership, of course, is not going to let you out of the contract because they want you to stay in their car. Apple leasing is all about your happiness. And you're not paying for the future trade-in value of that car. So you're only paying for the car while you're driving it. You're getting into a better car than you thought you could afford. And it's brand new. So it is... The new car experience that you've never had before and you will love. And you need to love the car you're in because you're going to be in traffic in Austin, Texas, especially. So AppleLeasing.com. Give them a call, 346-9977. And please let us know in the comments if you have tried Apple Leasing. Um, there might be a $50 Cover 3 gift card in it for you because we're looking for testimonials of people who have uh, leased from Apple leasing and, um, and brain vault brain vault. I mean, you got the super bowl coming up this weekend, the ultimate competitors, the brain vault mouth guard will be in the super bowl. The brain vault mouth guard is revolutionary. It is proven patented to reduce the effects of concussion. So whether you've got a flag football player, a cheerleader, lacrosse, you need to make sure that your competitor is playing hard, but playing safe. And the Brain Vault mouth guard developed right here in Austin by dentist, Dr. Greg Eckert, Dr. U-E-C-K-E-R-T, Austin's dentist. Um, it's taking over the sports world. And if you're the team coach or manager, uh, Brain Vault will do group fittings. They will come to you. All you have to do is go to brainvault.com to set up your appointment. And 
Super Bowl weekend, cover three. I mean, it's Wednesday, but you need to make your reservations. You want to have a good seat to check out the Super Bowl and make sure you're having the the food that you love, the Sean Adams prime rib sandwich, uh, the do-it-yourself Bloody Mary bar on the weekend, great brunch, cover three, Anderson Lane up there in Round Rock, and of course, cover two at 183 in Lake Creek. And I've already been to BetUS and made my uh, my Super Bowl pick, Kansas City Chiefs, um, and BetUS. It's the place to be, betus.com, um, the favorite place of America to, to bet the last 30 years. And make sure if you're watching us on the YouTube channel that you just click on that link there on the, on the YouTube page. Uh, also, feel free to like and subscribe to the Texas Sports Unfiltered YouTube page. Uh, but click on that BetUS link and it'll take you right in. Unbelievable promotional bets where you're putting down a little bit of money to win a lot um, as they get you going. And of course, if you're listening on the app, go to explore our socials and you'll see the BetUS link right there. Get your Super Bowl bets down. Zay. Yo, John's right about almost getting into your squabble with your pops. Me and CeCe, senior year, right after the San Antonio tournament where we placed third, I had a Tyrese Hunter-like tournament where I wasn't scoring. I was doing other things, but they, my team needed me to score. CC needed me to score, and I wasn't looking at it that way. I was looking at it as, hey, we beat some really good teams this weekend. Can I get some love for that? And CC was like, no, you can't. <laughs> Like, I need you to get buckets. You can't be going games in single digits for us to get to where we need to be. And I got it later, but, oh, man, my mama had to get in between us and everything. No, Zaya, no, see. <laughs> Sorry, mom, I had to put you on blast. But what John is saying about getting into it with your pops, that is real. That is real. Now, I'm different circumstances for me with my pops being my high school coach. But, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's – that's a real thing right there. And once John said that, it took me back to that moment, which is very clear for me now that I'm in my 30s. Are we talking to CeCe on Friday? Yeah. I don't know when, but I'll let him know. He'll okay. Be ready. Yeah, we just got to figure out the time and stuff. It's his birthday week. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's also my wife's birthday week. Uh-oh. You got the present already? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah, tell her. Yeah. Okay. But I think she's at work, so she's not listening, but she loves Pitbull. Like the artists? Yeah. Huh. I don't okay. get it. Yeah. But I got her. I got Hulo. her tickets. I got her tickets because the concert's Friday night at Moody. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Yo, man, I might have to see what that's about because, man. It's like, Pit, it's, like Pitbull, it's like Pitbull, Enrique Iglesias, and Ricky Martin. What? All three of those guys? Man, that's some serious Latin fever right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Listen, man, look at you, I'm, good husband. I'm taking, I'm taking one for the team on this one because I would never – Mr. Worldwide, come on, man. 
Yes. Pitbull. Yes. It's yo, Pitbull's got some hits. Watch before you know it, you're gonna be swaying them hips and moving and grooving. Fireball. Yeah, take some fireball, you know, make sure fireball. Yeah, make sure you know. That's one of his songs. Oh, I'm not talking about drinking it. Oh, (laughs) he's got a song called Fireball. Anyway, Mm. yeah, we got to get CC on. We got to get CC on. By the way, did you see that when John said, hey, hold on one second? <laughs> he cut the he put his phone at a weird angle and I turned my head and there was this weird elf looking Chucky doll looking thing. I didn't want to talk about it because it kind of scared me. But yeah, I, I, I weirdly saw that in the background. And I'm just glad that somebody else caught it too, because I was wondering what the hell that was. That was so funny because Sean Adams always used to say, I don't do scary rides, scary movies, or clowns. Yeah. And he he said he was at his friend's 10-year-old birthday party, and the friend had a clown at his birthday party, and the clown like leaned over Sean's shoulder, and Sean punched him in the face. Oh, hell no. And he was like, I don't do clowns. I don't do scary rides, and I don't do scary movies. Yeah. Oh. I, He's like, I'm why gonna, would I? Why would I go to a scary movie? The brothers always get killed in the first five minutes, anyway. Always. See, that's the thing. <laughs> like, we're traumatized from seeing that. You learn early as a kid. Oh man, the token black dude in any scary movie, he gonna get gotten the first thirty minutes. Easy, easy doing something, which is ironic because wouldn't you think he would be the more athletic one out of the group? I don't know. I'm just, you know, looking at guys in the NFL and the NBA for my examples here. But I, I would think that the brother would have a little bit more giddy up on trying to get away and escaping while always the scrawny, hot white girl makes it like to the very end and survives a lot of the time. Scrawny, white, stupid white girl. Yeah, stupid as hell. Like, come on. We need to, that's why Jordan Peele is so popular. Because my man, he survived Get Out. That's when, when I saw Get Out and how my man survived that, that changed everything. That movie, you could, you could do a college class on that movie. Oh my gosh, so good. It is so layered. Now, I don't know what Michael's talking about. Taylor Swift's going to be at the Pitbull concert on Friday in Austin. I'm not sure. I thought she was going to be in Asia. Asia, yeah. All right, listen, let's get to it, man. It's Super Bowl week, and we are talking to Texas All-American offensive lineman, two-time Super Bowl winner with the Denver Broncos, the one and only Daniel. Hey, how you guys doing? The best player ever to wear number 69 <laughs> at the University of Texas. Oh, thank you for that. Uh, Taylor Swift will be here Friday. I have tickets. Ooh. Wait, what? No, I'm, come on. I'm not going to go watch Taylor Swift. Chip, come on. <laughs> you had me like. Oh, you got me too. I'm like, are you taking I... family, the daughters or something? Well, Why? Hey, I knew I'd get Chip, but you, come on, man. I know. Well, that, yeah. Hey, yeah, my listen, bad, Dan, I'm taking the wife for her birthday. To the Pitbull concert Friday because she loves Pitbull. I don't like this dude at all, but 
I'm doing doing the right thing. Doing hey, the right you thing. Know, you know why I haven't gotten a haircut in four years? My wife likes it. There you go. So I get it, brother. Whatever oh, yeah. she wants, whatever she likes, that's what we're going to do. That's right. <laughs> so, Dan, we got so much to talk about. Um, you did text me after my <laughs> Lions completely folded. I need your thoughts on that because you said you knew the Longhorn was going to beat the Aggie. Yeah, that's right. Dan, Dan beats Dan Campbell. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and uh, uh, Aaron Glenn, for a good measure. Yeah, you know, Dan Campbell surrounded himself with a bunch of Aggies, and they fold. That's what Aggies do. But, no, I, I mean, realistic, I mean, in all honesty, I did text you. Because, I mean, when I, I saw the first half of that game, and, and granted, I'm pulling for the Niners for one of the reasons Shanahan and Lynch, former teammate, is that the Niners couldn't run the ball, couldn't stop the run. And, and I'm looking at the Lions, and they're shutting down the Niner offense, and they're running at will. And, and to me, you can't beat that. If they keep doing that, you can't beat it. And I don't know how all of a sudden San Francisco got them out of their run game. You know, they get a couple three outs, and San Francisco hits a couple quick scores on those opportunities, which, again, are opportunities that they capitalize. And, and you know, halfway through the third quarter, we got a totally different game. And it happened so fast. I was shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and look, I, I mean, I know that, you know, Dane Campbell's getting a lot of heat over, you know, going for it and forth, not kicking all that junk, right? I, hey, he is what he is. He does what he does. He's done that all year. He was true to himself. That's what they did. That's how they played all season. Yes, I agree with Tom Brady. I wouldn't have done it either, but that's what he does, you know, and, and I'm not being negative on him. That's just who he is. And that's how they, they won a lot of games with that kind of mentality. Yeah, Dan, um, talk about a little bit how many times you've been in that huddle in those situations, those fourth down situations where it's a short game and, you know, you felt like you could have gotten it, but your coach mm -hmm. was like, you know what, I don't trust these guys at the moment. Can that have a team kind of turn on their coach in a way to where Dan Campbell's put in these situations where, again, he was a former player, so he's <laughs> like, man, I probably had those situations where my – I wanted my coach to believe in us, but he did it. So now he does it to where to a fault, you know? I, I think you are right there. I think that's why he is aggressive. You know, I know as an offensive lineman, if they say, hey, we got to get a yard, I'm thinking if we can't get a yard, we don't deserve to win. You know, now to your point, there's two different types of fourth down situations. It's one where it's fourth and short or punt, fourth and short or get a field goal. And I'm going to always lean to let's get points. Uh, I hate to walk off that field with no points. To me, that's one of the more demoralizing things that happens when you get all the way down there for nothing. And, you know, especially in a game like that where every point is so critical. So I would say, you know, I always like to go – I kick the field goal when we were in range and we had an opportunity and get some points. Now, if I'm, you know, at another point of that field outside that field goal range and it's short yardage and it's critical, like say you're playing Nebraska in the Big 12 championship game and it's fourth and one, I'm all for going for the ball, not punting in those type of situations. Because, yeah, if you can't get a yard, you probably don't deserve to win this game. And let's go put them away. You know, let's let's do it. So it is a mentality thing. And I don't think the players, you know, fault Campbell at all because they tell what I just tell you. Well, that's what we've done all year. That's our coach. And they yeah. love the coach. Yeah. I would like to have seen that Jamison Williams reverse one more time in that game. That uh, that sure looked like. I mean, they ran it on the third play for 42 yards and a touchdown. Let's let's try that again. 
You know, the problem with those type of plays, Chip, a lot of times once you show it, the defenses are smart and good enough that they they know it's come when you do it again. They see the formation and they're and it, it's one of those one time plays. It was very effective when they ran it. And yes, maybe you could try it again, but it's riskier the second time. Yeah. Well, so <clears throat> my other concern, because I I mean I, I look back at all these fourth down decisions that came back to haunt people. Bill O'Brien going for a fake punt after being up 24 nothing on the Chiefs in the divisional playoff three years ago. And his career after that game went straight <clears throat> down. It was yeah. like the beginning of the end for him. Sometimes he was exposed in that game. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the players are like, why are we going for this? Yes. And they look at each other and and then that weird vibe comes in and the momentum ends. So changes quick. Yeah. That's that's where I was (laughs) like, there's too much momentum at stake here. Just like even if you miss the field goal, it's not the same as getting stuffed on on fourth. Yeah, your offense getting stopped by their defense. Well, like I said, I, I think in that case, that's who that offense, that's who Gan Campbell is. The players know that. So I don't think it was ever a point where the players were upset or mad that they did it. I'm sure if you talk to them honestly, because when the media talks to them, they're not always honest, honestly, after the game. Yeah, I think a few of them probably said, I'd rather kicked it but i understood why we went for it and i understood it and i can live with that because that's what we've done you know you kind of hey you, you dance with the you dance with the girl you took the dance there right you know that's what they are that's that team that's that offense and so they 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 did it one more time and it just was one too many yeah so dad uh, take us behind the scenes on what this week is like you know for someone that's played in multiple super bowls and won multiple <laughs> Bowls. How does it go? Because it seems like there's a ton of distractions. I mean, the media day was ridiculous. The yeah. fact that the Chiefs got booed the way they did, and you know, 49ers got all that love and stuff. It's just crazy how they do it nowadays. But how do you prepare? How do you block all that hoopla going around, you know, off the field and being focused and prepared for your matchup come Sunday? You know, part of this, and, and I know this is a nauseum, is the veteran leadership that's been there before. Now, both these teams have, so that that's not a big of a factor. But obviously, Kansas City's pretty comfortable in the situation. They've been there and they've won it a few times. So that's a big part of it. And, and the other thing is, is never losing sight of why are we here? Are we here to, in, in you know, soak up all this craziness? Are we here to, you know, go partying and do all this nutty stuff? No, you're there to win the football game. Now, you've got a couple of days when you first get there that you can go out and have fun and then come about Wednesday because usually, you know, Tuesday's a day off and Wednesday's it's time to start working. Wednesday on is, is you're there to play football and, you know, you may go lay by the pool, you may relax, but you're not going out. You're not doing any of that stuff because if you are, you're the Buffalo Bills and you lose four Super Bowls because that's exactly what Buffalo did at every one of their Super Bowls and it didn't work out for them. So you you got to be focused on what you're doing and why you're there. You only a lot of guys only get one shot at this. And, and, you know, I don't know what it's like. I couldn't imagine what it's like to go all the way there and lose the thing. So, I mean, you, you're going to do everything you can to win this game. Yeah. I remember when I went to the um, Super Bowl between the, the Rams and the Patriots in New Orleans, the one that the, started the, the Patriots dynasty. Oh, yeah. I remember that game. Yeah. I remember I go. I'm going to Bourbon Street. It's about 10 o'clock, and I see Tom Brady 
and Ty Law walking away from Bourbon Street at 10 o'clock. Like they went, they had their fun. They were going back to the hotel and and they, you know, obviously shocked the world, won that game. Um, but Dan, the the you know, Kyle Shanahan, you played for Mike Shanahan, you won two Super Bowls. Uh, with Mike Shanahan as your coach. And I think you said Kyle was like a ball boy for the Broncos back then. Yeah. And and so was Josh McDaniel. So it's not like that's a, you know, a demeaning thing, you know, but yeah, Kyle, Kyle, you know, I've known Kyle since he was in middle school, right. You know, a long time, smart guy, hardworking. He used to work out with us, hang out with us all the time. Always really liked Kyle. And, you know, obviously, especially when he went to UT, you know, we I taught him secret handshake. And, you know, I enjoyed it when he'd come back. We talked about being in Austin and playing at UT. And so we always had those things in common. And, you know, he started out in Houston or Kubiak and moved over to Washington with his dad and finally got this opportunity and done a great job with it. I'm not surprised. You know, I didn't know if I'd ever know he was going to be a head coach of this caliber, but I'm not shocked that he's done it and he's done as well as he has. He's very relatable. He's kind of an empathetic, kind person that you need that a little bit of a coach, but he's going to be tough and he's going to expect a lot. And I know how his dad is. I'm sure Kyle's a little bit like that, but uh, he's um, fair, just, but tough. How was Mike? Fair, just, but tough. (laughs) You know, Mike, Mike was a guy, you know, and I had this happen to me a couple of times. I'd, I'd run into him. I remember running into him on sixth street one night and, he and I and his wife, and we all sat down and drank beer all night at uh, one of the bars on Sixth Street. You know, that, that he was a fun guy, uh, you know, but he also was was tough. And, that you know, if you didn't perform, you would be gone. And he could be tough with contracts. And he'd do things that I didn't quite understand the players. Uh, but ultimately, Mike was always focused on what was best for the team and never let an individual get between that. And, and I understood everything he did. And, I, you know, when I got done, I left there. I, I would tell anybody that, you know, he treated me fairly was good to me. And I had a, a great experience playing for him in the Broncos. They they talk about how you, you know, Dan Campbell in his post game mm-hmm. press conference said, we don't know if we'll ever get back to this mm-hmm. point. <clears throat> talk about your getting to the Broncos, your rookie year. And you guys get to the Super Bowl and the veterans, I think, we're like, do you know how lucky you are? Yeah. Like you had some veterans who'd been their whole career and never gotten to that Super Bowl. And you were there. You went to two, your first two yeah. years in the league. Yeah, and, and won them. You and know? won them. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> yeah. You know, if you talk to a veteran on a NFL team and say, who, who do you hate the most? And they'll tell you the rookie that wins the Super Bowl. I mean. You know, the toil and years. And, and honestly, I understood it better because, you know, guys, my first two years in the league, we went for two Super Bowls. I didn't think it was easy, but I thought it was achievable. I thought this was something we'd do a couple more times. And then I never won another playoff game. And at the end of my career, I looked back on it, I was like, oh, my gosh, it is so hard to win those things. And I think Tom Brady and the, and the, the Patriots screwed everybody up. Like, hey, this happens all the time. And you're seeing a little bit of the Chiefs. No, it's really freaking hard to win one. And just to get there. And, and so to do it those first two years, I didn't appreciate it at the time. But over time, I've grown to really understand and appreciate those rings and, you know, what it meant to be on, on a team like that. And it was very interesting. I think Sports Illustrator, somebody was doing like top Super Bowl teams. And to see that team I was on, you know, on those lists and high up on those lists, you, you really appreciate, you know, 
how great that team was. And, and really, it wasn't just talent. It was, it was a character of everybody, owner, head coach, players. It was just – you enjoyed going to work every day because it was, it was fun. Yeah, I'm probably going to piss off Zay because I'm stealing one of his questions from earlier in the week. But John Elway was 0-3 in yeah. Super Bowls when you all went uh, to that – to your first Super Bowl win in 97. And then he goes out with back-to-back Super Bowl wins. But leading up to that, there was a knock on him, right, that he couldn't win the big yeah. game. <laughs> Isn't that funny? He can't win the big game. He's not that great of a quarterback. And then, you know, you got Marino doesn't have a ring. And he, what do you say? He's not a great quarterback. Both of them are fantastic. I mean, John's amazing. But you're right. In, in, in Super Bowl 97, Super Bowl 97, Super Bowl 32 against the Packers, they were defending. We were underdogs. John was as focused as I've ever seen a man. Now, he is uber competitive. All great quarterbacks are. You hear about Brady. Elway was just same guy. And um, he – all week long, I mean, he was focused. Everyone was focused. We were focused as a team. We believed we were going to win that game. No one else did, but we didn't doubt it. And you watch the game in that famous play where John goes in the air, gets hit in the helicopter. You know, John's an old man, not supposed to run. And when you see that, that's what the team needed. And right then we were like, we're not losing this game because John ain't losing this game. And when John decides he ain't losing, he ain't losing. And then sure enough, that's how that game played out. And then – you know, we came back the next year, and we were now the, the favorites as Green Bay was the year before, and it was a different year. It's a lot more stressful being the favorites. And, you know, it was it was a tough year. We ended up finishing the year winning or losing two games and winning the whole thing against a, a Falcon team, who, by the way, we got very lucky to play because the much better Viking team lost to the Falcons somehow. And, you know, we kind of boat raced in that game, and it was really never a game. But, you know, for John, he was MVP the second year, not the first year. And, you knew, you know, it was time just to go off. And, you know, you back-to-back Super Bowl champs, MVP, did everything he wanted to do. And, you know, it, it, we were all sad to see him go, at least I was, uh, just because he was so much fun to play with. But you also understood, you know. And then, like I said, I, I played six more years afterwards and never won in the playoff game without him. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Dan, talk about your other teammate, John Lynch, and what he's oh, yeah. going to do in the front office for the 49ers. He's one of my favorite players ever. I mean, as hard-nosed as a guy at that safety position. But I never thought that he would have this type of career after football. And you could easily say, man, they're really stupid about the old uh, Trey Lance situation. But now Brock Purdy's making them look a lot smarter with how he's been playing, being the last pick of the draft. Talk about the success that he's had. Yeah, so John (laughs) – Excuse me, John and I, Lynch and I, um, I forgot what year it was for I, myself, you know, three or four years into my career, John Lynch comes to Denver and, and it was after his, you know, sort of heyday with Tampa Bay and winning that Super Bowl, but he was still a great player. John, let me tell you what, he was just one of the kindest, nicest guys I ever met, you know, he just really, in, you know, sharp guy. And, and you know, I always say this. I didn't go to Stanford. I'm not being paid by Stanford, but every damn Stanford player I played with was smart. You know, Elway, McCaffrey, Lynch, something about that school. I mean, there really some truth to it, but Lynch was no different. Smart guy, um, very in tuned to the players, you know, and the culture and that, that not just the talent. And that's why when he became the GM, I knew he would do well because one, he's a smart guy too. He gets what it's all about. I you think played. that's probably what I'm sorry. You played with Ed McCaffrey. Yeah, I played with Ed McCaffrey. 
Yeah. And of course, Christian is, <clears throat> you yeah. know, I think he's like, like the leading odds to be the MVP of the Super Bowl for the 49ers. Um, what uh, you've been, have you been in touch with Ed? Yeah, I saw, I saw it early in the year, uh, right, right about the time he got traded, I think, or yeah, anyway. Yeah, I think it was about time. No, no, it was the year before he got traded. Anyway, I saw Ed in early in the year and talked to him a little bit. You know, you ever see those pictures with Christian and Shannon Sharp when Christian was like a baby? I, I was right there. You know, that, that was in our locker room. And Christian and his brothers would come around. And the joke for us always was, is if you've seen Ed, he's got like jet black hair and kind of dark skin. And his wife looks kind of the same, jet black hair and dark skin. And then their, their other boys are jet black hair, dark skin. And here's Christian. So, of course, he was a milkman's baby, <laughs> you know, blonde, light skin, totally different, you know. So, it, you know, was trying to all the time. He didn't care. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, yeah, it was, it was fun watching Christian and, and what he's done. And I know Ed and Lisa are proud of him. Yeah, man, that was a huge trade. It was. You know, and you heard something about it this week where Shanahan was kind of hesitant and Lynch pulled the trigger on it because Shanahan was worried about what they were giving up. Nothing against Christian. Because they did give up a lot, and he was worried about it. But Lynch knew, hey, we got to go get this guy. And then, you know, he also got Chase Young this year, who I think is overrated, but he still helped them. I mean, they've they've made some moves to get to where they are and give themselves a chance. So give a lot of credit to John Lynch. Yeah. How difficult, if you were playing, with the matchup between you and Nick Bosa be? Former defensive player of the year last season. I mean, he could cause havoc and change the game for the 49ers if they need this win, or they definitely need it. But if they're going to win, Nick Bosa has to be a Yeah, you know, it's sort of interesting, I think, to that, just to let you know, Nick Bosa's outside and he's my tackles problem. Hopefully I don't have to deal with him. But if he moves inside, yes, I'd be very scared. Uh, He's a great player. But – I think that the, the, what I've kind of been looking at and what you touched on a little bit, Zay, is yeah, to win this game, the Niners have to do what they do, and that is get pressure on the passer. And, and to do that, you can't run the football because the Niners struggle stopping the run per what the Lions showed us. They are built to rush the passer. Chiefs aren't a great running team, and they're not known for it, and they want to throw the ball too. So that matchup to me, I, and I agree with you, I think that may be one of the keys is, Obviously, Mahomes hard to sack. He's going to do his damage. But can you limit and make him uncomfortable like Tampa Bay did a couple years ago and get him out of his rhythm and then all of a sudden make Kansas City an average offense? You know, but they've kind of been this season up until just the last few games that they've been playing well. Then you got a little bit of an interesting game on your hands, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I look at at the Chiefs and the way that Spagnola – has been dialing up that defense and getting after people. I think he's going to send the house at, at Brock Purdy. and Yeah, he will. And, and Chip, I think you just touched on what I think is like the, the, big, the biggest kept secret of the NFL this season, and that is the Chiefs have an unbelievable defense. No one talks about it because of Mahomes. I always heard about how the offense wasn't performing. And then now all of a sudden we realize, well, wait a minute, the reason they're still in the Super Bowl is their defense was great all season. And you're right, Spagnolia has done a fantastic job. They are a tough, tough defense. And how Purdy handles that will be interesting because I like Purdy a lot. I liked him at Iowa State. You know, there's a reason he was drafted last or second to last wherever, is he just doesn't have the skills that some of these other guys have. He has a lot of things I like. 
but can he win the game if put in that position? And I think the Chiefs will definitely try to put in the position, take McCaffrey out of it, make Purdy beat him. Dan, you played with a top five tight end of all time and Shannon Sharp. Where does Travis Swift, I mean, Travis Kelsey rank in that conversation? Well, it's, it's nice you to say top five, but you obviously didn't talk to Sharpie. He's top one. I just, just <laughs> asked him. And, and I said, Sharp's a great guy. He, he'd tell you Kelsey's better, and, and I wouldn't agree with him. Travis Kelsey is a, a fantastic player. Obviously, it helps to be matched up with a, a guy like Mahomes, but – he has turned into their offense this season. When, when he's playing, the offense is good. When he's not, the offense is struggling. And it's the matchups. You know, he's just really tough for a lot of guys to cover. You know, you can say, let's put a DB on him. Well, there's a size mismatch right there. And, you know, let's put some linebacker on Well, there's a speed mismatch right there. It's just he is really tough to match. Great routes, great hands. He just finds a way to get open and makes plays. And, and watch Mahomes. He's looking for him the whole time, almost every play. What's the – What's the that weird Super Bowl memory that you have, Dan? Whether it was leading up to the game, the all the singing that's going on, all the concerts. I mean, what's it like to actually be in that game? And <laughs> so that that story for me is we were playing in, in Super Bowl thirty three in Miami, and um, the thing about the Super Bowl is, is you you're used to a timing of everything. You go on the field, you do your warm-ups, you come to the locker room, you go back to the field, you go do the coin toss, and it's sort of quick. All these things happen pretty quick, and you, you go play. You know, we, we got done with warm-ups, and, and, you know, we're walking back in the locker room, and, you know, I, I look to my right, and, and there's Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley and Kiss and their whole get-up, ready to go take the stage and play a song, and, and I'm like, this is a different kind of game, man, you know, and you go sit in the locker room and say, all right, it'll be an hour before we go back out there. And you're like, what? It should be 10 minutes. You know, we got to let kids play. And it's it, the game is almost secondary to everything else, you know, and you really got to, and that's getting the veteran. You got to focus on why are we here? You know, just keep all that other junk out of your mind and understand what we have in front of us. And to us, we're the focus. Maybe there's no one else in the stands because they all want to come see kids, but we're the focus for us. Do you remember your Super Bowl halftime shows? I, I don't, since I didn't see them. I don't remember. <laughs> you, uh, you had, um, let's see here. Looks like the Blues Brothers and ZZ Top and James Brown. Let's see. I wish I had known. I would have gone and watched ZZ Top. I'm a big ZZ Top fan. In uh, in '97 and. Yeah. The 98 halftime show was, uh, oh, Lord. I'll go ahead, Zay, with another question. While I... <laughs> hey, Dan, how do you feel about your teammates watching the halftime show? Because you always hear a couple of guys, they'll watch it. And sometimes, you know, it's normally the kicker, but, you know, let's I... walk in. there's some guys that say, hey, I'm not missing Usher. I'm not missing Beyonce or J-Lo. Yeah, I wouldn't know anything about it. Um, I, I can say this. So my, the first Super Bowl, I didn't play in. So I wasn't dressed. And that would be one where I would maybe have gone out to watch the halftime show. But I didn't want to be the guy to go out and watch the halftime show and then get caught and get, you know, yell at and cause just yeah, I, Look, I just was trying to stay quiet and unnoticed, you know. 
So I guess guys do that. I personally wouldn't do it. Of course, I'd be too damn scared to do something like that. So um, I, I would not know of anyone going to watch the halftime show that's playing in the thing. Your halftime show in 98 was Boys to Men, Smokey Robinson, Martha Reeves, The Temptations, and Queen Latifah. Yeah, I missed that one, darn it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right, Dan, what's your gut on this Super Bowl? Oh, I don't know. You know, I, it's hard because my my heart and, you know, my feelings will go against any team that plays the Chiefs. And I'm also biased to the Niners because of John and Kyle. So I, I'm obviously pulling for the Niners. And I know the Chiefs are tough to beat, and it's going to be a tough one. But I think – I don't even know what the spread is. I think the Niners have a real shot at this thing. I think it's going to be an interesting game. I really do. Yeah, and I think the Chiefs win this thing by 10. You could be right. I'm not. You absolutely could be right. Man. I think they're going to get pressure on Purdy, and I, I they're going to yeah. try and run it with Isaiah Pacheco, and I just think that Mahomes and Kelsey going on the road, winning at Buffalo. You know they've they've had to kind of do it the hard way this time. I feel like they're like Elway was. Yeah, just dialed in, but. We'll I like that analogy. You're right. They've had to do it the hard way and they're hardened because of it. And, you know, they, they're not going to get flustered because they've been there before this season. So, yeah, I, I mean, I hope you're, I hope you're wrong, but you could be right. I mean, yeah. I'm just going with the odds are chip. You're almost never right. So let's. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Zay, you got anything else? Oh, Dan. Good as always, my brother. Hey. Dan, appreciate it so much, man. I mean, what uh, what a awesome journey you've been on, and I'm sure this week brings back all kinds of memories for you. It does. It does, and I appreciate that. And as always, guys, love being on the show, and thanks for the opportunity. Okay, I got one more thing for yeah, you. Yeah. Since today is signing day, uh, um, you watch the game differently than we do, and Texas is losing to Vondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. You watch those guys closely. Can you talk about how, you know, you played against, you know, you played with Casey Hampton, you played against Sam Adams, guys who won Super Bowls. Um, how good were those guys this year? They're really good. You know, and it's it's sort of 1A, 1B, and I'm not going to say who my 1A, 1B are. Uh, those two guys are, are really good. And it, it, obviously, look, you lose players of that caliber, it hurts. You got to reload. I think Texas will. Um, I'm very excited for each of those young men and, and how their NFL careers go because I think both of them will be high picks and, and be contributors. And, and I think both of them could have long, good careers. Yeah, they're, they're good football players. They're fun to watch. I think you like Byron Murphy as much as we like Byron Murphy. I, I, I love Byron Murphy. The guy can play now. <laughs> He's good. What, yeah, what do you love about his game? It, it gets after you. You know, just intensity. We play the leverage. You know, he's not – obviously, you know, I'm a little biased. I'm not into big guys. He's not a massive human being, kind of like a Puna Ford in a sense. Remember Puna, you know, uh, just a tough, tough player that um, understands what he's doing. I, I think he's a good player. Yeah, I think he's going to be a 10-year guy in the NFL. Yeah. Easy. He's staying healthy, obviously, but he's going to make a team really happy. All right, Dan. Great stuff, my man. Always All right, appreciate it. We'll talk soon. All right. Have a good day. Thanks, All right. Man. There we'll he is. Time. Super Bowl winner, Dan Neal.
All-American on the offensive line at the University of Texas, won the first Big 12 championship in 96 uh, on an incredible, well, after an incredible decision by John Makovic to go for it on fourth and one. Of course, he had James Brown, a dual threat quarterback. I love it. Makovic told James Brown, we're running Steelers roll left, come to run. That's right. And James rolls out, sees Derek Lewis wide open beyond the line of scrimmage, floats that pass to him, and he runs it all the way down to the Nebraska 12. Priest Holmes runs it in with a great kickout block from Dan Neal on the next play, and Texas beats number three Nebraska by 10. Um, after James Brown guaranteed, well, he said, I think we'll win by three touchdowns. Not bad. Um, all right. Oh, love me some James Brown. And I reach out to James every year and he's so low profile. It's crazy to me, but, um, cause I think he is like the most underrated quarterback at Texas in the last 50 years. hundred percent. Dude won three conference championships, went on to win in NFL Europe, won in the Arena Bowl. He absolutely should have been on an NFL roster. And, I mean, he's more like Lamar Jackson than, you know, but the the NFL wasn't there yet at that point. But anyway, um, all right, let's get to the chip shot. Um, I like love this, love this from our man Doe. Uh, big shout out to the goats, Chip and Zay. I'm locked in every day. Thanks, Doe. Tell your friends and enemies. Spread the word. Oh, Jeff. Jeff, I met at the Texas basketball game last night. Um, gave him the QR code. He's like, man, I miss hearing you on the radio. I'm like, okay, well, here's how you listen now. It's so easy. You just, here's the app and set an al- alarm in your phone every day for one o'clock. And then you just hit the app on your phone and you're listening. So that's as easy as we can make it. Uh, the Texas Sports Unfiltered app, of course, in your app store and set an alarm in your phone for one o'clock. Um, real quick, before we get to the chip shot, audio visual consultations for the uh, best price on the big screen of your dream surround sound and uh, new lighting, electronic shades, surveillance. AV consultations is the only place to go. I speak from experience. They've they've done it for me in three different houses. And here's the beautiful thing. They're going to bring you the best price on big screens. They're going to set it all up. All you have to do is call 255-8678 and tell them, hey, let's go. That's it. That's how easy it is. You're busy. You've got things to do. You don't need to be trying to figure out how to hang an 80-inch television on your wall. Um, two, five, five, eight, six, seven, eight, and, uh, salt traders, salt traders. I mean, salt traders, coastal cooking, great seafood oysters. You love oysters. They have dollar oysters during happy hour and they have happy hour every day, um, from three 30 to six 30 and all night on Mondays. So get to salt traders, coastal cooking, uh, at Zilker up in round rock and, um, tell them. Texas Sports Unfiltered sent you. All right. 
uh, for the chip shot today because I think my man Zay is probably going to cover Texas hoops. Uh, I will say it's signing day today, and Texas did not sign anyone because they signed everyone in the early signing period and then added from the transfer portal Isaiah Bond, Alabama receiver, Silas Bolden, um, a receiver from Oregon State who's a burner and a return guy who will arrive in June. And, of course, Matthew Golden, the uh, receiver from Houston, who scored two touchdowns against Texas this past season. And that's just the just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the players they added from the portal. Uh, but, you know, listening to Steve Sarkeesian today, the thing that I heard is the thing that Zay heard, which is Sark used the word obsessed. He's obsessed with getting back. Uh, to the college football playoff and winning a national championship. And that's what you want to hear from your coach, because if that's the mindset, then everyone's going to take on that mindset or at least have to respect it because it's coming from the leader. And, you know, Steve Sarkeesian has made a lot of right steps in each of his off seasons. And he's, added Johnny Nansen as a linebackers coach to replace Jeff Choate, who became the head coach at Nevada. He added Kenny Baker, uh, the assistant defensive line coach at Miami, who showed his chops while he was developing players at Western Kentucky. He's come up the hard way. He's, you know, but the thing that I keep hearing about Kenny Baker is he is really relatable and he's a great teacher and he's a technician and he gets guys to buy in, but he's going to keep it real. He's going to tell them here's where your game is lacking and it's got to get better. And here's how to make it better. And that's, that's what you want. You want a guy who's got that energy, that ability to recruit the ability to, you know, be patient and develop these guys because as Dan Neal will tell you, it's those positions are so technical. The way you punch your hands, the the timing of it, the placement of your hands, the for a defensive lineman, the ability to get those hands off of you. It's so technical. And if you think you can just get by with physical ability and big muscles, you're wrong. You know, Dan just said it. Dan was like a he was the underdog. He's 6'2". He, he walks around at 265. You know, he got up to, you know, close to 300 pounds when he was playing. But that, he was technical. I mean, he made it eight years in the NFL, won two Super Bowls, and started every game, you know, for four years at Texas because he understood leverage technique. And I think Steve Sarkeesian is making a lot of right moves. And also the elevation of Brandon Harris to GM, um, basically saying, hey, Billy, Glasscock, you know what? If there's another job out there for you, feel free to take it. That is code for we need you to find another gig. And, and so that, that's what happened. And Brandon Harris got elevated. And I think it's everything I've heard about Brandon Harris is he, he gets it. He gets people. He's a communicator, he's a connector, and he's really good with recruits. So 
you got to have that. You got to have a guy who's overseeing your uh, player personnel who players like and can identify with and who will come to the program uh, because they like him. He's part of the staff that brings players in and I think he's doing a really good job. So um, look, Texas football fans, spring football starts March 19th. They're going to practice three days a week for five weeks and the spring game will be on April 20th. And let's see, there's going to be a lot of really interesting position battles with new names, new faces on the defensive line, safety, receiver, tight end. Um, lot to look forward to. So let's get to the right call with my man Zay Collier. Appreciate it, man. Before the right call, though, shout out to Covert BK, family-owned automotive dealerships that have been around the greater Austin area for over a hundred years and have provided the greater Austin people with a high quality selection of new and pre-owned vehicles over at the beautiful 42 acres in the hill country. They got seven terrific brands to choose from Buick, Cadillac, Chrysler, GMC, Dodge, Ram, and Jeep. Go to covertbcave.com for all the latest specials and inventory. Nobody beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. All right, Chip, the right call today. Let's get back to Texas basketball a little bit. Tough one last night. Um, it's hard to win when you go into halftime with the score being 36 to 19. You go down 18 19. points. 19. Like, that ain't shit. That first half was one of the worst first halves you're ever going to see a team play. I mean, at the half, half mark, Iowa State shooting 52%, Texas shooting 30, Texas 0 for 7 from the three-point line, Texas getting beaten the paint by six points, getting out-rebounded, turning the ball over. And I talked about it with you yesterday. You have to take care of the ball versus Iowa State. They are one of the best teams in the nation at forcing turnovers. They came in second in the nation at forcing turnovers. Defense is what they do. Like T.J. Ossenberger. They're long, man. And I'm starting to think, Chip, you know, we go back to Tyrese Hunter and why we haven't seen just that defensive tenacity consistently these last two years at Texas. I don't think that they've gotten what TJ Otzenberger got out of him here. What Chris Beard and what Rodney Terry have gotten out of Tyrese Hunter, I think with just Otzenberger's philosophy and how he plays defense, might have fit what Tyrese Hunter's better for that one year in Ames than it does these last two years here in the ATX. Because I see it with Taman Lipsy. Like, you can't tell me that Tyrese Hunter isn't a better athlete than Taman Lipsy, but Taman Lipsy's the better player. He is. He took over that game last night. He did. He he was a glove on Max Aismas. Oh. Aismas was over in the first half. Yo, and the stuff that they were throwing at him, they were just icing him. They were just icing Max Aismas to where if you're on the wing and you have the ball and you're having the ball screen that's jumping out to make you go toward the middle, the defense is forcing you baseline. So that defender is jumping it to where you can't go to the middle at all. So that offense that's supposed to go to the middle, now you have to improvise. And Texas did a horrible job at improvising in the first half. Second half, great adjustments. 
they did a great job. They got Dylan to sue the ball in the two-man game to where he was picking and popping and having that ISO. And if you're not going to step up, he's going to knock that three down. You know, he was the only one that hit threes for the Horns yesterday. The only one. They hit three threes total, three for 14, all Dylan DeSue and that stretch that he had where he took over the game and brought the Horns back, which, again, I told you yesterday, that's why he was my big hat spirit player of the game prediction because I knew as good of defensive team as Iowa State is, the person that could get exposed is Ronald Jones, and he's a good defender. But I knew DeSue is that good of an offensive player. He would have to have that good of a game for the Horns to do anything. Now, did I think that Tyrese Hunter would be that bad? No, I didn't. And they have a serious issue with him, you know, at this point of the season. And you saw it last yeah, you, year. You said something at the beginning of the show that I think is important. Um, Kendall Weaver didn't play the last three minutes. And that's, I mean, DeZoo yeah, went nuts. Dude. He scores 17. They cut it to three with uh, 2.59 left. And then Kendall Weaver, who had five offensive rebounds in the second half and was getting them extra possessions. What did you think about that? That's a bad move. That's a bad coaching job from IT or RT. You know, you talk about (laughs) having a feel for the game. Kendall Weaver was in for a big part of that comeback. He's your best rebounding guard. So when Iowa State has Tame and Lipsy going in for boards and they're not getting anybody back on the offensive uh, uh, side, every time a shot goes up for the Cyclones, nobody's getting back. They're crashing. So you need your best rebounders out there. And Kendall Weaver is one of the best, especially with the game that Tyrese Hunter is having. He's not playing well. He's not playing well. You know, he's playing hard. He's trying, but he's not playing well. Definitely not playing better than what Kendall Weaver gave you in the second half. So why would you take out Kendall Weaver? I know he had four fouls, and maybe Coach Terry was thinking about, okay, if we get into overtime, I'm going to need, you know, number two to be ready. But you got to get to overtime first. You know what I'm saying? You ride it out with Kendall Weaver. You ride it out. You let him know, hey, man, you got four, but, hey, we're going to ride it out with you. And he didn't do that. He took him out. He put in Tyrese Hunter, and then Tyrese Hunter had that brutal turnover around two minutes 10 seconds man. 206 yeah oh my gosh for one it was horrible because they they get the free throw and i mean they've cut it all the way to three you know milichovic whatever draws the foul from mitchell hits one free throw then hunter turns it over and lipsy comes and hits a three yep and, and that, that turnover that, was... that turnover he threw a no look pass chip like he's trying to be flashy at this time like, for what? What are you being flashy? That's a bounce pass. You jump in the air and you throw a look-off pass, and then Lipsy, great defender, just tips it, and that's a turnover. Again, you know that this team is number two in the nation in forcing turnovers. You know this team is number three in the nation at forcing steals. So their hands are going to be everywhere. you got to be smarter than that if you're Tyrese Hunter. And then it goes to – 11 points in the last three games combined. That's just unacceptable. And the big turnover, the big turnover late in regulation against Houston. Yes. Back to back home games. He's had big turnovers in a way to cost the game. Now I'm not one of those guys to think that his turnovers were the reason why they lost. No, the horns going down by 18 points is a big reason why they lost. Like it was too little to late, too late. As good as that comeback was, it was too little to late, too late. 
So sure. I'm, you know, Tyrese Hunter had this slump last year too. He had a weird slump. Like right after Coach Beard got the boot, Tyrese Hunter went on like a month slump. And you really didn't see him play well until March came around. He had a good Big 12 tournament, and then he had a good NCAA tournament. And if you go back and look at 2022 with Iowa State, he wasn't – he was like that there. He had a slump, and then he was really good in the tournament, which that's what everyone saw and made him so appealing to when he got the, down to the 40 acres – and nobody saw like the rest. Nobody saw him going through those ups and downs that you do as a freshman. But then the fact that he went through them, everybody was like, oh, he's just a freshman. Like all freshmen go through this. He's a solid player. When he gets to Texas, he'll get that consistency. And it hasn't been the case. Like he's just these last three years, he will go through a slump. And it's weird because we know how talented he is and we know how good he is for this team. He has to be better, man. With the way teams play Max Aspis and Dylan DeSue, Tyrese Hunter, he has to be able to put some points on the board just to expand the offense and give the horns different looks. And if he's going to continue to have a slump like this, we already talked about it yesterday. You can't really play it Horton because he's not giving you anything offensively. So now you have a seven man rotation. Shout out to Brock Cunningham. He's been playing a lot better, but man, there's going to be some times I think moving forward where coach Terry's going to have to look at Tyrese Hunter and say, yo, bro, we're going to ride it out with, Kendall Weaver, Max Aismas, uh, Dylan DeSue, Dylan Mitchell, and Brock Cunningham. And that might have to be your five, you yeah. know, which is nuts because two weeks ago I was saying you can't play Brock. Like it's, it's just there's no consistency with everybody. It's like somebody starts playing well, then somebody else plays like shit. Like there's just – you know what you're going to get from A. Smith. You know what you're going to get from DeSue. You know Dylan Mitchell's going to play hard but do some dumb stuff on the side. Ah, I I know Rodney Terry. He's trying to figure it out, but I thought it was a bad move not having Weaver in there and winning time. And RT, he needs to look at that and make some decisions going into Saturday versus West Virginia. Yeah, Texas now 1-4 and four at home in Big 12 play. And the only team – with three wins on the road in Big 12 play. All right, let's bring in Megan and Rocky. Rocky's back from her tropical Hello. excursion. <laughs> Rocky goes on vacation every other week. That's what I'm starting to notice. She's living a life, man. Living a life, wow. You only get one, so use it. Be, be gone, it. be gone everywhere. Go, go, go. Everyone should go places as much well, as Well, listen, can. we know y'all got a loaded show. Yes, and special guest today, oh, absolutely. Trey Feltini joining us, so we're oh, nice. excited about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, have at it. Have a great show. Zay, can you imagine if all five on the court were just balling at the same time? Oh. <laughs> can we can please get that? Yes, I need that. I need that. But we'll see. Good job, guys. Love all right. Nice, y'all. 